0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Podcast, where laughter is a main course and humor is always on the menu. So let's get started, and
1: here's your daily dose of funny.
0: Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online.
1: I can't remember 1988 to 1996. <laughs> well, thank you all so very much for coming out tonight. My name is Mark Klein. and I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. And when I travel, people always want to know, Mark, what is Kentucky all about? And this is what I tell them. Here's what we make in Kentucky. We make bourbon, we make baseball bats, we make cigarettes, we make fried chicken.
2: <laughs>
1: Our state motto is, if it kills you, We make it. (laughs) And the irony is that I don't even use my state's products anymore. I quit smoking cigars a long time ago, never had a cigarette, and I quit drinking six years ago. And, um, well, thank you very much. I didn't discuss it with my friends, so when they find out they're a little surprised, they always have one question. Did you have a problem? Did you have a problem? No, I didn't have a problem. I can't remember 1988 to 1996. But that's not a problem just ready for a change. Life is nothing but change. If it's alive, it experiences change. That's how you know you're alive. Things are going to change. Some will amaze you. Some will amuse you. Some will appall you. Just get the laughs where you can. Life is all about change. Front row, what's your name, pal? Eric. Eric, how old are you, Eric? 33. 33. Eric, in about 18 more years, your right (laughs) knee. for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) He's going to go, Hey, Eric, down here, Eric, I'm your right knee. Hey, I'm out of (laughs) here. I'm a major joint, I've had enough, and I'm checking out. (laughs) Eric, I have no connecting tissue left in my right knee. I said, Doctor, what do I do? He said, do anything you want, the pain will stop you. I said, no, what do we do about this? Here's what we did. He put me on this dietary supplement called glucosamine chondroitin. You ever hear this stuff? Do you know what's in it? It's ground up shellfish and shark cartilage. And I think I take too much. I bit four kids in the hotel pool last night. Things are gonna change, life is nothing but change. Some will amaze you, some will amuse you, some will appall you, get the laughs where you can. And you watch yourself change in strange places. One of them's your wallet. You will get old in your wallet. When I was 25 years old, my wallet had ATM card, American Express Platinum card, Crown Club card from Delta Airlines and about $1,000 in cash. Those days are long gone. I'm a 60-year-old man, here's what's in my wallet now. Old fart cards, middle-aged cards, topping that list. Sam's Club card. <laughs> don't ask me why, because I don't know why, but nothing in the world turns on a man my age more than getting a good deal on something at Sam's. <laughs> it's what we live for. Neither it or not again at Sam's. Last week I bought a four hundred and ten pound bag of rice for a dollar and thirty seven cents. <laughs> I don't like rice. I don't eat rice. I don't care. I had to have it. There's a card in my wallet sent to me by AAA, the American Automobile Association. Young folks get these cards too. Middle-aged men know how to use these cards. I'm at the point in my life now, I will call AAA for any reason whatsoever. I don't care anymore. I don't care. Flat tire, sure. Out of gasoline, of course. If I have a bagel caught in my toaster, I call these people. I don't care anymore. But it came last week in the mail. The top of the list, the creme to the creme. The greatest old fart card anyone will ever send me in my life. Any guess of what it was? AARP? Nope, better than that. Cracker Barrel frequent diner card. (laughs) This is the greatest old fart restaurant of all time. I love Cracker Barrel. They love people like me right back. When you're old enough, they will pre-chew your food and spit it down your throat like a (laughs) motherfucker. I love it, I love the crack of Barrel. The last time I went, the woman who took me to my table, an older woman, her name tag was in cuneiform on papyrus. <laughs> she takes me to my table and then she did something so lovely, something I love. She, she, she said, can I bring you some coffee, sweetie? <laughs> you call me sweetie in a restaurant, I'm 500 miles from home. I don't care if you're 85 years old, got a ballpoint pen stuck in the bun in your head. <laughs> you call me sweetie, I'm there. change. Life is nothing but change. And so if you're going to change through life, and if you stay alive, you will, you find a role model, someone who shows you how to age gracefully. My father passed away a year ago, October, age 92. My life's hero, my life's role model. Tell you a story about my dad. My mom and dad were married for 48 years when mom passed away, and that was 25 years ago. And of course, my dad got depressed, went into a shell. He did not want to go out or do anything. Then he made a choice. He made a conscious choice, a touching choice, a human and heroic choice. He chose to live again. He chose to be alive again. Her book of life was closed. His book of life was still open. He started going out again. I can tell you something. Women loved my dad. (laughs) Women absolutely loved my dad. Every week, there'd be five or six ladies. They were all 85 years old. (laughs) They would call him. Let's go get supper. Let's go see a show. Let's go see a movie. I say, Pop, what's the appeal? What's making them so crazy for you? He said, I drive at night. My dad had fun every day he was alive. He had fun every day of his life. Wanna have fun? You go somewhere with my dad. I took him to Waffle House restaurant for breakfast one morning. Now, my father in his 80s, he had no fear. He had no filter. (laughs) And that meant he would flirt with any woman in the world. Rachel swings some coffee. She goes, sir, how do you like your coffee? My dad thought he'd be cute. He said, I like my coffee like I like my women. She said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve 85-year-old coffee. (laughs) For some reason, when he turned about 80, he wanted a new wardrobe, a new wardrobe at 80. Now, my dad, no fear, no filter. He'd wear anything. He had a white belt with holes that went all the way around back to the front. Said, Dad, you got to get rid of that belt. It's not 1976 anymore. He said, son, I can't. I said, why? He said, I have shoes to match. (laughs) He wants new clothes. He said, son, take me to Kohl's department store. Do they have Kohl's out here? (laughs) My father loved Kohl's. They would send him coupons in the mail. Says, take me to Coles. Picture my father at calls, Picture my father in your mind. He's 85 years old. Full four-wheel walker. Big old thick glasses. Double hearing aids. World War II veterans cap on. He holds up a cardigan. He says, son, tell me the truth. Does this sweater make me look old? <laughs> No fear, no filter. Everything I know in life worth knowing, my father taught me. He said, son, you are changed in life by the places you go and the people you meet, and that's true. That's why I love to travel. I work on cruise ships about 15 weeks out of the year. I love working on cruise ships. I don't get seasick. Some folks do, some don't. Last ship I'm on, about 9 o'clock one night, in the middle of the ocean, I'm on the promenade deck. This man my age comes out. He doesn't say, hello, what's your name, where are you from, having fun. He leans over the rail, and he brings up breakfast was from 1965, and I felt bad for him. I said, you ought to go see the ship's doctor. He said, son, I am the ship's doctor. <laughs> some folks get it and some don't. I love being on these ships, though, because they have great shopping. It's a casino and shopping mall on the ocean. What they sell is watches. Don't ask me why. These ships are crazy to sell you watches. Every ship on the ocean got 100,000 watches in inventory. You go on shore, every store on shore has got 100,000 more to sell you. And because they have so many, they're rather aggressive in selling these watches. A Man showed me a wristwatch. He said, it's water resistant to 10 atmospheres. <laughs> I said, son, what's that mean in English? He said, it's waterproof to 300 feet underwater. I said, mister, I'm a 60 year old man from Louisville, Kentucky. If I'm 300 feet underwater, I ain't checking the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love traveling. You're changed in life by the places you go and the people you meet. I went to the Ohio State Fair a couple years ago. Three million people a year go to this fair, it is huge. They had an exhibit there called the IQ Zoo, and briefly here's what it was. It's a room full of animals in small humanely kept little cages. Each animal has been trained for a quarter to do a small trick for you. For example, they had a duck that purported to play the guitar. You put a quarter in a slot and a light goes on, the duck's been trained, he sees the light, he pecks a toy guitar inside his cage, and a treat rolls down. He's played the guitar for a quarter, okay? Okay. They had a chicken there, and the chicken plays tic-tac-toe. And it's interactive. You put a quarter in a slot, and a light goes on. The chicken's been trained. He sees the light. He pecks a sensor board inside his cage that pulls up giant red neon X's on a big screen. You punch up O's on a keypad in front of you, and there is a man there playing this chicken at tic-tac-toe. At which point I ask myself, what? compels a human being to challenge barnyard fowl in a game of human intelligence. Let us assume the best. Let's say he wins. He's just beating a farm chicken at tic-tac-toe. And he loses. He loses. Now a sign lights up, neon letters four feet tall and that sign says the bird wins. (laughs) You can imagine the humiliation. You can imagine how compelling to watch every day. I'm back the next day with a roll of quarters and I finally beat that chicken. I want you to know that. (laughs) I love to travel. I go to Las Vegas as often as I can. I work in Las Vegas. And if you've ever been out there, you realize it's a walk around kind of town. And every nightclub out there has someone perched on a, uh, someone's perched on a bar stool in front of the club to entice people to come back and see whatever show is going on. I'm walking up Fremont Street, downtown Las Vegas. And there is, in fact, a young lady in front of a nightclub, about half my age, lovely as she can be. As I walk by, she says to me, I like your tie. I said, excuse me? She said, I like your tie. I said, are you flirting with me? She said, yes, I am. I said, young lady, I'm a 60-year-old man from Louisville, Kentucky. You want to get my full attention, do not discuss my tie. Want to get my full attention, tell me you have a $2 off coupon good for Metamucil. (laughs) Now you've got my attention. She said, "Well, I work here at this club. Come back and see the show." I said, "I love to see the show, but I'm the comic at the Plaza Hotel. I have three shows myself tonight." She says, "What time do you get off?" I said, "I get off at two o'clock in the morning." She said, "I get off at two o'clock in the morning. Come by at two fifteen. Take me to breakfast. i will find a late night club. Get a couple drinks. Go back." I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down, slow down. Number one, young lady, we, we hardly know each other. Number two, you're half my age. And most importantly, number three, I'm a married man. I probably shouldn't do something like that." Then she says, well, how married are you? (laughs) Really? How married am I? Well, let me think. I'm flat broken. I've lost the will to live. You tell me. (laughs) I am a married man. I can sense the disappointment. Yes, ma'am, that's a joke. There's not a girl in the world disappointed that I'm already married. Well, I'm going to take that back. There is one. Are you a married couple sitting up around here? Married couple? I can tell because you're not touching. Anyway. uh, How long have you all been married, ma'am? How many years? 20 years. How'd you meet this pretty girl? How'd you all meet? You got in a fight and she uh, kicked your butt, as it were. Well, that is romance, I must say. Here's how I met my wife. This is a true story. I had a comedy show in a nightclub in Savannah, Georgia. She sat in the front row. She didn't laugh at a word I said. I thought to myself if she can't make you miserable, nobody can. Stopped on away way out, we got married a year later. Here's why she didn't laugh. As it turns out, we're opposite. We're polar opposites, any topic you care to name. We're an interracial couple. Yes, we are. I'm from Kentucky and she's not a relative. <laughs> I know how close to home that joke hits around Utah, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to pound on that too hard. <laughs> or opposite any topic you want to name, doesn't matter. Taking a shower. I take a shower. The water's 94 degrees. Gets me clean. Gets me warm. Mrs. Klein likes to shower in a stream of molten lava. <laughs> People stop in from Pompeii. We're opposite, having fun. Here's what I do to have fun. I'm a middle-aged man from Louisville, Kentucky. I go to Churchill Downs Racetrack, might play some poker, shoot some golf. My wife and her friends, they go out, they get some drinks, and they go to see a psychic for what is called a psychic reading. (laughs) I don't go to psychics. I don't believe in psychics. Now, I'm gonna tell you why. It seems to me that if the psychic really were psychic, she would have known 25 years ago that she'd be living on the edge of town in a mobile home. That's my theory on psychic. (laughs) The first thing my wife tells the psychic. My husband said this would be a total waste of our money. Well, the psychic being an honest person says, frankly, Mrs. Klein, your husband sounds like a real jerk. My wife goes, wow. opposites. We're opposites. Physically we're opposite. You see me up here. I'm five feet, five inches tall wearing cowboy boots. I weigh 151 pounds, so I'm built real short and kind of squatty. My wife is a 125 pound, five foot, 10 inch tall, green-eyed redhead. (whistles) She towers over me as the angel of death. And I said one time, honey, does it ever bother you how much shorter I am than you are? She said, only when you can't go on the rides with me at the fair. <laughs> now, about our third date, she did ask me, why didn't my height intimidate you? And being a comic, you got to think on your feet a little bit. So I said, well, if your great beauty did not shoe me off, what makes you think your height would? She said, keep talking, Shorty. You're almost home. (laughs) But I'll tell you this, I've been married for 25 years. My wife walks in the room. My heart still skips a beat. That is true. You call it love, you call it fear. Doesn't much matter to me. humans alone among the species on the planet do opposites attract no other animal has this happen only in species like humans no other animal only in humans do opposites attract and cohere what makes that possible two things we do number one we communicate We over-communicate, we under-communicate, we constantly communicate. One of life's great lessons taught to me by my father, sometimes knowing when to stop communicating is every bit as important as knowing when to start. An example. Every man sitting in this room tonight at one point in his life has looked into the eyes of a woman he clearly adores, And with a straight face and sincere heart, he has asked of her the following question. Honey, are you mad? (laughs) And gentlemen, I can sure as shoot and promise you, if you have to ask, she's mad. (laughs) Here's more bad news. Now she's mad because you had to ask her if she's mad. My father said, son, you reached that point, stop communicating, just shut up. I said, dad, why? He said, here's why. You're in a fight, you don't know it, and you've lost.
2: <laughs>
1: Communication's great partner is compromise. It is compromise that allows us to attract, cohere and stay together over long periods of time. Only humans can do this. I'll give you an example. I never had a dog as a kid. Mrs. Klein had a dog all of her life, so we compromised and (laughs) we got a dog. That's right. (laughs) Now we didn't go to the pet store in the shopping mall to get a purebred dog. Somebody with money will buy and take care of that little dog. We had to go to the animal shelter to get a little stray dog that nobody else wanted. When we got at home, I found out why no one else wanted this dog. (laughs) Married 20 years. Do you happen to remember what your first fight was about? Most people don't. That's very typical. I'll never forget ours. Where is the dog going to sleep? (laughs) I'm very old fashioned. Here's what I believe. I believe if you have fur and four legs, you sleep in the backyard. (laughs) That's my theory. You think that lasted five minutes? You missed it by four minutes and 58 seconds. (laughs) I went to Walmart. I bought a doggy bed. I bought a $47 cedar chip filled fleece lined bed for a dog. (laughs) My own mattress, incidentally, cost (laughs) $29.95. Said, honey, we'll compromise. A dog can sleep in the basement in the doggy bed. Wrong. (laughs) Second compromise, all right, honey, it's February. It's cold outside. The dog can sleep in the kitchen next to the stove where it's warm in the doggy bed. Wrong. (laughs) Third compromise, and I've about had it. Okay, honey, the dog can sleep in our bedroom next to our people bed in its doggy bed. (laughs) Compromise number four. (laughs) The dog is not allowed underneath the covers. (laughs) Married for 20 years, this is where we currently stand. When I get up at night to go to the bathroom, the dog has to take her nose out of my rear end. That's where (laughs) we stand. It's compromised. All I'm telling you is it's one o'clock in the morning. I have a tongue in each ear and I can't tell them apart. (laughs) I can't. One nose is warm. One nose is cold. Mustache is about the same. (laughs) Who has a dog? Hands up. Who has a dog out there? Oh my, everyone has a dog. I'll tell you a dog story. We had a wonderfully affectionate, delightfully intelligent, mixed breed, terrier, husky mutt. We got her from the dog pound. We had her for 16 years. We buried her in the backyard a year ago, July. Oh, she wasn't dead, just wouldn't stop barking. Uh, <laughs> no, she was 16, for her dog is quite old. When you lose a pet like that, it tears a hole in your heart that does not mend. You mourn them as family members because they're members of your family. Typically, you wait a period of time before you move on. We waited six months. We got a new dog six months ago from the Jeffersonville, Indiana Animal Rescue Shelter. As you're aware, when you get a shelter animal, it has infirmities. The coat needs grooming or it's malnourished in some way. This dog has a lazy eye an overbite and she smokes three packs of camels a day. (laughs) You have a dog, ma'am. What is your dog's name? Nickel. Nickel. Why'd you name it Nickel? My son. Your son named it. You don't know why. Our dog's name is Lady. She's called Lady because disobedient, shedding, poop machine was already taken. (laughs) (laughs) Is Nickel a smart dog or a dumb dog? Smart, I'm so happy to tell you. I proudly own Walk and Feed, the stupidest dog in the world. <laughs> oh yes. Here's how stupid my dog is. Every morning for the last six months, a lady has done this. She wakes up promptly at 4.45 a.m. A.M. She shakes her collar with all the metal tags on it so that everyone can share in her morning experience. <laughs> she comes downstairs, goes into the kitchen, sees her reflection in the stove, and barks at (laughs) herself. Because she truly believes that I have her twin sister trapped in the (laughs) oven. Her brain is the size of a Tic Tac. She sheds like a snowblower. She doesn't know who I am. She's our dog. We love her. She was great for my son. They kind of grew up together. My son's 22 years old. And she taught him patience, empathy, understanding. He taught her how to make a fake ID. Worked out pretty <laughs> well. My son is 22. He's a senior in college, majoring in burning currency, doing very well. Um, <laughs> 22 and it's time to pass life's lessons on to him as they were passed on to me because you're not just trying to raise a good child you're trying to raise a good parent
0: even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more
1: You 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 don't want to lose sight of that. You're trying to raise a good parent. So you take the great life's lessons passed on to you and you pass them on to your children. And some are simple, some are big, some are small. It says, son, life has two size lessons, big and small. You'll see the big lessons coming a mile away because they're big. But the little lessons get you further down the highway because there are so many of them. So tonight, some little lessons in life. Here we go. If you are driving your automobile through dense fog, you do not see any better by putting your face closer to the windshield. (laughs) Take it home. If you are driving your automobile through dense fog, turning the radio down does not make the fog go away. He said, son, you're gonna have bad habits, that's okay. You live in a free country. You're free to do things that are bad for you as well as good. You're gonna have bad habits, that's part of being free. Don't have them all at one time. (laughs) Much truth in that. Here's a list of my bad habits, pretty short list at that. I'm a middle-aged man from Louisville, Kentucky. I go to Churchill Downs Racetrack every chance I get. I love horse racing, that's my passion in life. Uh, let's see, I might, I might play a little poker, shoot a little golf, hang out with my friends. I'm a beef eater, I love a good piece of red meat and I don't apologize to anybody for that. Steak eaters, steak eaters, let me hear from you. Steak eaters, come on me, please. Yeah. Vegetarians, you now, please. they don't have the strength to lift their hands can you hear through even hill no? here's the point, we live together in the miracle of a free society. I'll eat what I wish and I expect you to as well. I do not need to hear from those who know better for me how to live my life in a free society than I know how to live it for myself. I had someone tell me, Mark, you should not eat red meat, beef will give you a heart attack. My dear friends, coronary disease is virtually unknown among cattle and they are made of beef. Lessons for my son. Pursue your dreams. Look look where you live. A Western capitalist democracy, freer to pursue your dreams in America than any place else in the world. How do we know that? Because a million people a day want to come here and nobody wants to leave, because people understand. In America, you're free to pursue your dreams. I say you don't have to catch your dreams. Just run one step faster in your nightmares. You'll be okay. (laughs) This year, I pursued a Kentuckian's life's stream, I bought my first thoroughbred racehorse. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> You get to name your horse. Now all Kentuckians know this. It's a great racetrack tradition. When you name a thoroughbred, you try to combine the name of the horse's mother and the horse's father. It's called the sire line, S-I-R-E for the father, and the dam line, D-A-M for the mother. For example, the 1987 Kentucky Derby won by a horse named Ali Sheba. They named Ali Sheba after his father, a very famous stallion back then named Ali Dar, and his mother, a brood mare named Belle Sheba they named their million-dollar cult Ali Sheba, okay? Okay. (laughs) We used a stallion named Prickly Ruler (laughs) and a broodmare named Bad Bad Mood. (laughs) We named it Bill Belichick. (laughs) Uh, I change that joke about every four years. Don't worry about it. I do have a racehorse. I have a four-year-old chestnut filly. Her name is Aura Cat. Now, more about being from Kentucky. When you're from Kentucky, where your horse comes from is more important than where you come from, and that's true. Somebody from Kentucky know that horse's family further back than their own, so indulge me. Her name is Aura Cat. She's the four-year-old daughter of Scatmandu, granddaughter of half-million-dollar sire Storm Cat. She's a great-great-granddaughter of Secretariat. <laughs> Her mother's side traces back to 1964 Derby winner, the great Canadian cult Northern Dancer. The blood of Kentucky's equine royalty courses through her veins. Names a thunder at you out of the past. Bold ruler, Seattle slew, whirl away the mighty citation, and she cannot run worth a darn. <laughs> She's killing me, pal. She's killing me we spent $25,000 on this filly, and as you may know, you don't get the fastest horse at Kentucky for $25,000. We got her at Costco. Uh, She came in a pack of 18. She had her first race a year ago at Churchill Downs Racetrack. She broke 11th in a field of 12. The horse that she beat out of the starting gate apparently had laid down to foal when they threw the gates open. (laughs) But I'll tell you something, when it's your horse, when it's your horse out there, it's like your kid. You don't give up on your kid, you don't give up on your horse. We gave up on this one. (laughs) She was passed in the final furlong when two Amish couples, then a glacier went flying by. (laughs) Life's lessons for my son. I left him with a big one, and it's the one you're going to remember tomorrow. You are the only animal in the history of life on earth that laughs, and nobody knows why. You're the only animal history of of life in the universe, evolution, creation, I don't know, nobody knows. The only animal that can laugh, nobody can tell you why. The ability to make people laugh is not genetically transmittable part of your brain that controls laughter is in your neocortex that's if you're an evolutionist the most recent development in your brain if you're a creationist that's kind of the icing on the cake before they closed up the box either way <laughs> that's where you laugh but the only animal that tells each other jokes the only animal that can respond to jokes purposefully told to it for the purpose of laughter a unique gift to humans. So I close my show with jokes. I love jokes, old jokes, jokes I didn't write, jokes I collect, from people just like yourselves. My family has favorite jokes. I hear jokes from people like you all. So when my show is over, want to come tell me your favorite joke? I'd love to hear it. Let's tell some jokes. My family's favorite jokes, start with my brother Howard. He's an oral and maxillofacial surgeon back in Louisville, Kentucky, 45-year practice of surgery. His favorite joke's about a doctor. A man goes to a psychiatrist. Doctor, can you help me? He says, what's wrong? He said, I think I'm a dog. You what? I think I'm a dog. I bark at the moon. I roll on the grass, eat food from a dish. I tell you, doctor, I think I'm a dog. Can you help me? Well, I don't know. Get on the couch and we'll talk about it. Oh, I'm not allowed on the couch. (laughs) They don't get any better, man. There's just more of them, all right? So don't worry about it. My sister Michelle, we call her Mickey, but her given name's Michelle. She's the smartest person in my family by daylight. She's very smart. Retired college professor, summa cum laude graduate from Tufts University, just published in the Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine. Her favorite joke: a very smart joke. Why did Mozart hate chickens? Why did Mozart hate chickens? All day long, bok 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 bok. <laughs> I'm married into a family has got a great sense of humor. I don't tell mother-in-law jokes. I don't tell them on stage or off stage. I'll tell you why that is. When my own mother died, my mother-in-law became to our family the mother that my real mom would have been, so out of love and respect for my mother-in-law, I don't tell jokes about her. But she has a favorite joke that I can tell you, so here's my mother-in-law's favorite joke. A man takes three women to his mother's house for lunch one day. They have lunch and they go home. He goes, Mama, what'd you think of the girls? She goes, they're beautiful girls. He goes, I'm going to marry one of them. She goes, oh, I know. You're going to marry the tall redhead, the one in the middle. He said, that's right. How did you know that? She goes, I didn't like her. (laughs) (laughs) My father-in-law, the late Captain Jack Ward out of Port Savannah, Georgia, ex-Shrimpel Captain, this is his favorite joke. Couple driving on the highway. The husband's driving. The wife is hard of hearing. She's kind of deaf. He's behind the wheel. He checks his rear view mirror, sees a flashing blue police light, pulls his car to the side of the road. Policeman walks up, says, let me see your license. She said, what did he say? He wants to see my license, honey. And he hands it up. Policeman goes, well, it says you live in Savannah, Georgia. She said, what did he say? He sees we're from Savannah, dear. The cop laughs he goes, I'm going to tell you a funny story. The meanest woman I've ever met in my life was from Savannah, Georgia. She said, what did he say? He said he thinks he knows you. <laughs> and who knows how much I cleaned that joke up for the dry bar comedy special tonight. <laughs> Learn your family's histories, learn your family's stories, learn your family's jokes. You are the only animal in the history of life on earth that laughs. So laugh every day, it's good for you. Releases every chemical in your brain that's good for you and none of the ones that are bad. You've been a joy to entertain tonight and I thank you so much for spending your time with me. Good night, <laughs>